0: are now tuned in to this week's episode of our podcast. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy, JVD, and we're back at it again with another episode of the FPL and Wine podcast. What's up, guys? Jason here. So, Jason, what do we got in the store today?
1: So, today's topic is the final preseason pod, final countdown. I'm going to talk uh, again about some more macro stuff uh, that's been coming up over the last few days of discussion. And then we'll go into our own teams, especially that's probably the bulk of the episode. Um I mean I know I have some I'm kind of been all over the place the last few hours, last day or so. Um just trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with the with the last team. Um and yeah, I guess Johnny's probably got a bit of some questions as well. So we'll go back and forth on that a bit. So we're gonna discuss um the the, the confirmed signings that have happened over the last couple of days um things like captaincy who you're really who you're looking at with that uh what to do with united city assets um and then yeah again like our current teams who's nailed and what positions we're stuck on so uh, yeah i think that's actually about it
0: guys just a little disclaimer for you all i was kind of having a little bit of allergy problems throughout the weekend so if my voice seems seems a little bit raspy uh that's that's why you know so, I guess moving forward, Jay, uh do you want to discuss the new signings that have taken place since the last episode?
1: Uh yeah, do you want to kick that off? I I don't know every single one. I know Hamez signed and um I guess Newcastle got uh Wilson and Fraser. Um is there anything else? I, I oh yeah, Havertz was confirmed as well. I guess those are the main ones, right?
0: Yeah, so let's let's briefly touch on the how the signings will impact each team, very briefly.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. You want to start with Everton? Yeah, let's start with Everton. So, I mean, I've been high on them basically all of preseason. If you guys have heard any of the past preseason pods, um, like I've basically been saying since the start, if Everton get a serviceable midfield, which they didn't have for most of last year, um, their their forwards, DCL and Richarlison, will be really good picks. Um, I still have Calvert-Lewin in my team. Uh, James should be a really good provider for a guy like that, to so be able to score some goals off headers, which I know Calvert i don't think he has done but he's gotten quite a few chances with that i'm not sure the exact stats there but um that's just generally the impression i get out there
0: yeah jay and i don't really always see eye to eye when it comes to players but i think we can both agree on dcl I was somewhat disappointed with uh, DCL post-lockdown
1: last season. Yeah, I had him too. I hit him in and it was just a fucking disaster. I hit him in for that Norwich game. I was like, okay, like Everton, one bad game, they'll bounce back. And it was terrible.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. But I'm I'm expecting big things from DCL this season. Price at $7 million. Um, Everton have signed three new midfielders. James Rodriguez, DeCourie, and Alan. So... Hopefully there's a little bit more depth in there and hopefully DCL gets a lot more.
1: A lot of quality, a lot of new quality is the main thing, more than depth. Um, I mean, with Davies and Sigurdsson, they're on the back burner now, right? So I guess even having Sigurdsson coming off the bench maybe for like 10, 15 minutes could be a big boost to like just getting an extra goal or two throughout the season.
0: Yeah, guys, definitely keep an eye out for Everton. I feel that they are definitely going to finish in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll definitely monitor that. Moving on to Newcastle.
1: Yeah, so Wilson, Callum, uh, definitely interested with these these uh, these wingers they've got now. Uh, let me just look at the fixtures real quick. If you want to touch on that while I do that, go.
0: Yeah, Callum Wilson, ladies and gentlemen, is a player that is no surprise to FPL. He has been quite an asset for Bournemouth in the last few seasons. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, Bournemouth got relegated, so he's made the move to Newcastle, which I think is definitely a good fit for him. Um I know the manager little Steve Bruce, ex United player, likes to play defensive, but I think Newcastle have definitely struggled in past seasons to score goals. So I think with the addition of Callum Wilson, Fraser, that's definitely going to add a lot more.
1: It opens up the team a little bit more because they don't have to just game plan for like Saint Max the entire time. And uh yeah, they should be able to actually I mean I think one of the reasons why Bruce didn't really ever, I mean, apart from him being a shit manager, uh, the reason he didn't really try and coach the attack is because he didn't really have the tools to do so. And it was just like uh, St. Max and uh, Almiron kind of just running up the field and trying to do their best to make something happen with the, with the piece of shit striker they had. Uh, Joe Ellington and uh, who was the other one? Dwight Gale.
0: And they have Andy Carroll.
1: Like, okay. I think Wilson's Wilson's a huge update upgrade from that. So, we should be seeing some a decent amount of stuff, good stuff from Newcastle. Their first two fixtures are good, but after that, it kind of drops off for a bit. But their fixture run from game week like 7 till like 14, actually, I would say maybe 10 to 14. 10 to 14, you got Palace, Villa, West Brom, Leeds, and Fulham. So, those are all very winnable games, and probably some decent attacking fixtures in there, too. I guess we'll know a bit more about the teams by then as well, so we can make a better judgment. But I mean, if you want to start with them and then wild card them out or transfer them out as uh as their fixtures turn i I don't see why that would be the worst option um their 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 prices are good, and like the like we just said, the team has gotten a lot better i it's just a matter of who's gonna who's gonna bet in uh quickly right
0: yeah, usually Wilson does have very good starts to the season
1: yeah, he starts off really well, yeah, yeah, I remember last year he was like getting like I mean, they were kind of bullshit, but he was getting, like, a return a game for, for the first, like, 10 weeks or so, something like that. I don't know. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, so pri- Price at only $6.5 I think he's definitely a bargain. Keep an eye out on him.
1: Yep. How much should Fraser come in at?
0: Six, six million.
1: Six? Okay. I mean, I would rather just get Saint Max there, right? That doesn't really make any sense to go Fraser.
0: It doesn't make sense to go Fraser, but then again, Wilson and Fraser do the ha do have that lethal kind of duo combination. Yeah,
1: they have that link up, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure.
0: I won't be surprised to see that happening soon. Um, do you want to talk about Havertz?
1: Um, I think we touched on him quite a bit in the other preseason pod, but I mean, he's in my team right now. Um, I mean that's this is part of my next debate. I guess we can lead this into the next part which is Salah versus no Salah. Um, but Havertz is definitely he's in my team at the moment and he's gonna be in my thoughts regardless of what happens, whether I pick Salah or not, uh going into the season. Um so yeah, let's just let's just jump into that. Do you wanna just do that?
0: Yeah. So um do you have Salah or no Salah?
1: So at the moment, I don't have him, but I have made a couple of drafts, which I pulled up over here on the side of the screen. You can see on our screen share. Um, so there's there's some options here. Like I'm not really sure what to do because um, it is possible for me to have Havertz and Werner while having Salah and Aubameyang, which is those are the, that's basically the trade off I was really considering. Uh, you can either have Salah uh, without the double Chelsea attack which I don't know I don't really know how that that's good like like this is how it would look um you would have Ings instead of Havertz essentially but in my opinion Havertz is more likely to like have really big price rises as well as uh ending up holding him for the season because Ings I guess would just be a placeholder for um Martial as well which I guess is another topic we got to discuss um basically my thinking with not going with Salah is that there's like between Werner Havertz um Marcial, Bruno, and like the the city guys, uh, there's you don't need Salah as a captaincy option. Like he's obviously like there's gonna be weeks where he hauls and all that kind of stuff. But with the amount of talent in the league, um, uh, we we do think that like I don't know about you, but I definitely think that there's enough there's enough value picks that could be could be potential captaincy picks that you don't need two 12 million players in your team, um the 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 problem with that is that their fixtures are like quite good to start as much as I think like uh Leeds are going to be a pretty good team and Chelsea as well are going to be a pretty good team I think that Chelsea game will be pretty open uh, as we discussed like Lampard's team really loves to attack and Salah in the past I believe has done really well against Chelsea he scored that banger against them a couple of seasons ago and I think that he is probably the best captaincy option for the first game week regardless I I mean Aubameyang has Fulham which is also really good but yeah I don't know. What do you think about what do you think about this this topic?
0: So I currently have Salah in my team. I think he's definitely a necessity to have in the opening game weeks. His cost is definitely very expensive twelve million pounds. However, I feel that if I have him in the first few game weeks, I can at least downgrade to whoever I want. That's my reasoning behind it. So you spoke about Havertz, um, Rashford, Bruno, and all those guys. So yeah, if I have Salah for the first first few game weeks and he does well in the opening too, but then later starts to struggle, at least I can have that flexibility, like we mentioned in the previous episode, to downgrade and pick someone else. So that's kind of my reasoning for both Salah and Aubameyang right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty fine with that. Like like I said, I'm I'm not decided on not having him. Um, if you look at my my other screen here, like you can see this this little little number that's in my team now. Um, not having Salah gets me to Kane. And I kind of really like him for these first few fixtures. Um I, I've seen people talk about like just holding him the whole season and I don't know about that one. When he has like these prime fixtures like the first eight uh eight game weeks, I, I don't see why you wouldn't just wanna just hold and just keep Kane for that for that little bit. Um and not having Salah basically gives you that, that extra extra forward or extra premium midfielder or, or sub-premium I guess midfielder with like Havertz or uh, Ziyech uh do you know do you know if Ziyech is uh available right
0: now he's currently injured
1: okay because I, I I see him flagged but if he's like in training like eh, you might have to go into Ziyech territory there I'm not sure so yeah like I guess I guess that's the thing right like even Kane is another another good captaincy option that would be afforded by not having not having Salah on your team. Um, so that's definitely a, a debate of mine. Uh, would you be would you be holding him past game week two or are you just going to like dump him out for United or City guys?
0: Depending on how he plays, I would be holding him. I still think Liverpool are a top two team. I think they're going to finish in the top two. They definitely still have all their players. So I don't see why I should drop Salah right now. Um, when it comes to the Chelsea trio, I think that they're definitely excellent FPL assets. However, I still do not know which one of them I want in my
1: team yeah you want to wait a wait a week or so
0: I definitely want to wait a bit just because I haven't seen e- any of them play in the league so far don't get me wrong I know Werner is definitely going to produce I- I'm assuming Havertz and ZH will have their moments as well but for now I'm going to stick to the cold hard facts and I'm going to stick to guys that I know and that produce
1: yeah tried and tested
0: correct so so that kind of brings me back to Kane you mentioned Kane I think he's an excellent captaincy pick. I think he's going to do very well this season under Mourinho. I feel that he's still finding his way back from that injury. He definitely had a, a very good end to the 2019-2020 FPL season post-lockdown. So definitely a big asset over there.
1: I mean, anytime that dude has good fixtures, he's like liable to brace or hat-trick in any of them. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's basically why he's in my team. He's got the really good fixtures. Uh, yeah, the, he's got a runway to a bunch of good points. Um the only thing is like I've seen like people with so okay, okay, let's let's just change change gears a bit. So Salah versus no Salah, we've kind of talked about that a little bit. Um I, I think it's I think it's acceptable to go both ways. Um and I'm probably gonna it's gonna be like a coin flip, honestly. Just figure out which way I go there. Um there's good teams I've made with both in my opinion. Um so do you wanna talk about Spurs assets real quick? Because we touched on Kane, but like I've seen people with like double Spurs with Sun and Kane or um, ali and son or ali and kane like what do you think about those kind of that kind of structure
0: so i've currently gone through multiple drafts and i've had all three of them in those drafts however my latest draft includes ali um i think that son so and ali kane and kane have... no just just ali okay okay i currently just have ali i think all three are very good picks um spurs have a very good run of fixtures in the beginning. I would stay away from Doherty for now, just because, like you mentioned, the rotation. I'm not too sure how he's going to play. We both know the type of player he is, and I'm sure he's going to get points. Yep. But for now, I'm going to stay away. But in terms of Kane, Ali, and Son, I guess it just depends on who you have in your team. For example, I'm kind of happy with my forwards right now without Kane.
1: Yeah. Who Who's your, who's your front three right now?
0: My front three right now is Danny Ings, Callum Wilson, and dcl so i've got an all english front three okay interesting interesting
1: um yeah yeah okay yeah so like i don't know i'm just gonna this is like more like a word of warning for the viewers um i know the spurs documentary is out and uh basically everyone i've talked to seems to love it and i feel like that's like shifted the the opinion on spurs like quite a bit like just the general like sentiment around the community um like it's it's like they're not a good attacking team like as much as they like they'll score goals they'll win games like here and there but um like Mourinho sets their team up to do a 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 kind of job every game. Um they're not going to be the type of team to score like four or five goals a game like after the game is already won at 3-1 or 3-nothing. They're not going to go for that fourth and fifth goal. Uh and with that being said, I would definitely like just urge some caution in terms of doubling on the Spurs attack especially when Okay, like for instance, you have Kane and, Kane and Son in your team, like let's just say, right? You can get Havertz and Werner for like a, a mil and a half savings on each of them, or like in total, I guess. Uh, so I would definitely look at that and see where you can put the cash elsewhere. Even just one of them, like if you drop Kane down to Werner, or Kane down to Ings, or Kane down to Marcial in a couple of weeks, like whatever, whatever the case may be. Like, the, the, that money can really go a long way, especially when the teams that you're replacing or the players that you're replacing him with are on a team that's going to try and score a shit ton of goals.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I feel when I watched the preseason matches of Spurs, Kane wasn't in the team. Therefore, Son was playing as striker and he was getting a lot of goals.
1: Oh, that, that's there too. Yeah. So, yeah, Kane is or Son is better when he's not in the team, right? Like, obviously. He's the tip of the spear type thing, right? Change the, the, the role changes a bit.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I hope people don't bring in Son thinking based off the preseason results because he was playing as a number nine.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Hence my reasoning for choosing Ali. I feel that Ali's going to be in the box. He's going to play, you know, just behind Harry Kane. He's 1 million cheaper than Son, 2.5 million cheaper than Harry Kane. It's just a question of who you have in your team, guys. I think Son is definitely an excellent pick. Kane is a very good pick, but I still think his value is just v- way too expensive for my liking. However, I do think he's going to have a much better season.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's shaking off that injury, that's really good for him. I I can't really I, I mean, like I said, he's in my team. I can't really fault fault the pick at this time. Um, but yeah, definitely just urge caution in doubling or triple tripling up is seems ridiculous. But people have defenders from there as well. Um, so yeah, just 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 keep an eye out for that. I I still don't think they're like. Like, I know Mourinho's second season and stuff, but I still don't think they're, like, a completed team. Their midfield is still pretty weak. Um, again, against, uh, like, I'm just looking at the fixtures real quick. Like, Everton and Southampton are not pushovers. They show up as green on the on the little season ticker there, but I don't think that means shit. Like, Everton are, I mean, we've talked at length about how good they're going to be. Southampton are a very good team, and Newcastle are also, I mean, Newcastle or Newcastle. I don't think they're that great, but, like, United after that. It, it's not, they're, they're, I would say they're mixed. They're not incredible fixtures. Um, but I, I, regardless of that, I still think we'll get some points out of them uh, through the run. Uh, and if we can pick up the right guy, if, if Ali ends up being in the box as much as we think he's going to be, uh, he should be a good good pick for you there.
0: Yeah, is Sun considered a premium in your opinion?
1: Um, no, he's like he's like a Havertz or a Marcial like sub premium type thing. Werner, um, do you, would I I would never captain him, would you? I don't think like unless he's unless uh, unless Kane is out kane is out then all bets are off the table son is in my team immediately i wouldn't really see him as a captaincy option until then
0: now we can kind of dive into the kind of sub-premium cheap mids category in a way because we spoke on ali and son but there's also so many mids so many budget price midfielders that we can touch upon yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure well there's budget and then also i just want to touch on Hamas really quick um uh, rodriguez everton signing uh just like his price is like pretty cheap. Like he's just, he's like just above, I mean, a mil more than Foden, a mil less than Havertz. He's in like, he's kind of on his own in that bracket, right? Like, do you, do you see anything there? Like, you want to kind of, obviously, you want to wait and see on his uh, actual positioning and like where he's, how he's going to be involved. Like, do you see anything there?
0: He's definitely going to take all their set pieces.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good. And he's fucking good at free kicks, man. From what I mean. It, it was a while ago, but he was, he's got the talent. He's right? good at
0: free kicks. He's good at corners. He's good at all that stuff. But for me, as a manager, I'm looking at him. And I'm struggling to kind of agree that he'll keep up with the pace of the Premier League.
1: Yeah, he's been out of the game, like, basically, right?
0: He's been out of the game a while. He's been on loan to Bayern, I believe. And then he was back at Madrid. I think he needs yeah out of rhythm. He needs a good run of fixtures to get him back into the rhythm. He's at a new club now, similar manager, so there's definitely that trust there, and he's definitely gonna get good minutes. But for me and you, I feel like we have to monitor him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, fair. I had him in one of my drafts just to see how it would look. Um, I mean, I, I definitely like the player. I think everyone is kind of a James fan. No one really hates the guy. Thinks he's a bad pick or a bad player by any means. But yeah, I would say I yeah, want to monitor for sure. Um okay yeah so cheap mids um have you have you narrowed down your picks I've kind of put a couple of notes in our in our shared doc but um I have I have Saka in my team at the moment but guys like Armstrong and uh Saint Max as well are all options do you have any preference there
0: Um right now I only have Suchek that's nailed in my team I'm still playing around tinkering to see who my other cheap budget mids are going to be
1: So Suchek I would I don't know I don't know about West Ham they're apparently their fans are like getting ready to stage a protest and cuz they they've made like no signings the whole summer um so i don't know i would just be a little bit worried about that if you can find an extra 0.5 to get up to like one of these 5.5 guys um that would probably be probably be a good idea in my opinion uh let me just look at west ham's fixtures real quick yeah their fixtures are kind of brutal man i don't know if that's one you want to start with especially like cuz you don't want to do you, do you really want to be like having a guy who's getting like one pointers cuz they're getting fucked for one every game Like, I don't know about that, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely somebody I'm going to monitor. Not saying, well, I did say he was nailed, so I'm going to keep him for the first weeks. But yeah, the fixtures don't look the best for West Ham right now. So definitely something to see. I like Saka. Don't know if he's going to get 90 minutes every match, but definitely a good pick. Can play left back, can play on the wings, deliver very good crosses. So definitely a very versatile player
1: so my my I guess my debate is like I'm kind of between Saka and Armstrong for that five point five slot the really cheap guy on my midfield um I also have i mean I have foden in right now just because I didn't really know what to do with that extra money and i i fucking I love foden man he's so good um I think when he comes back into the team after fucking those uh hookers he'll be a, <laughs> he'll be he'll definitely be a good pick um
0: foden's got his mind on other other things man he's not thinking about the league <laughs> right now same with Greenwood. <laughs> Embarrassing their clubs yeah, these, and their these country.
1: little children, yep, little children going crazy on vacation, um, yeah. Hopefully he's ready to start, um, for game week two. Uh, the game off, I guess, should be good for him for the quarantine side of things. If if I don't know what the actual regulation or whatever is there, so that that spot might definitely change in my team, uh, before the deadline. But as of now, I'm just gonna hide Foden on the bench. Um, other cheap mids. Uh, yeah. So so I was talking about Saka versus Armstrong, right? um yeah I think that my 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 debate there is like Saka is kind of like higher ceiling because like the team is better the team will definitely I mean I wouldn't say definitely but most likely going to score more goals than uh than Southampton and then Armstrong is just more nailed right Armstrong's more likely to get like 80 to 90 minutes a game whereas Saka might get pulled at 60 70 or come off the bench um yeah do you what do you what do you think there I'm I'm really like debating that I don't really know where to go there
0: let me ask you this. Do you have Danny Ings? I do not. And you don't have a either, correct?
1: No, so I have a Bamiyang at the moment. So right now I'm doubled up on Arsenal attack with a and Saka. Um, I do not have any other Southampton representation apart from Walker Peters.
0: Well, there you go. You have your answer right there. If you already have a no point in having Saka. Might as well just put Armstrong in for Saka, correct?
1: Yeah, I guess that's probably fine. Um, that, that's another one. I mean, I don't really want to spend too much time thinking about that five point five midfield slot, um, like long term. If I like, so it's, Armstrong's probably better in just of the sense that he'll be getting more minutes, more nailed kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess I'll probably just end up with Armstrong in that position.
0: Yeah. I was I was taking a look at
1: Alan uh, Saint Maxime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Saint Max is the other one that I, I was really looking at uh, pretty closely. Um I mean the fixtures are good, decent uh they get they get a little bit wobbly in the middle, but again, we talked about that fixture run for Newcastle after like game week ten, and I'm definitely interested in him uh during that period if I have to like if i need a a, a make weight move, he's definitely a cheap guy that we can keep on keep on monitoring and see how he see how his form is looking.
0: Yeah, he's definitely similar to Fraser. I'm not sure if Fraser's a left mid and St Max is a right mid. But definitely more or less, they're definitely out and out wingers, so we've got to keep an eye on that, see the rotation. But St. Max will definitely have more success this season, just given the fact that Newcastle have have made some very good signings. So definitely a very good, cheap, budget midfielder to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, do you would you would you start with him, or you think you're just gonna keep an eye?
0: No, I'm not gonna start with him because I already have Callum Wilson in my team.
1: Right, true. Okay, yeah, I don't think there's any point. That that attack is not worth doubling up on for sure um okay so cheap mids. I guess that's sorted with that I'll probably just I, I'm leaning towards Armstrong now after this conversation but uh depending on how I see the minutes or like if um if Arteta starts talking up Saka and the pressers might have to go there we'll see
0: I'm also waiting on the Dekure price reveal
1: yeah yeah that's also
0: when he was when he was playing for Watford he was playing in that number 10 position I'm not saying he's gonna play like that for Everton but
1: yeah, yeah. If he's cheap enough and playing there, yeah, I could see that. If he's
0: a five-five, I might just put him in my team. To be honest with you, but if he's any anything more than that, then no.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he gets into the box even if he's playing as like a six. He still ends up like drifting towards the box, um, like regardless of his starting positioning, right? And that that's always good in an FPL pick. Um, you want to talk about your defense, um, like, or or just let, let's just let's transition, I guess. Let's talk about our overall teams, like. Who hasn't moved in your drafts for the last like few days?
0: So two players that haven't moved, or three players that haven't moved in my draft, are Taa, Salah, and Abamia.
1: Okay, yeah, I guess that's that's about the same as mine. I except I have I've put in Robertson, uh, at some point in the last couple days. Um, I say my defense is pretty nailed. I have Trent Robbo, and then okay, so I I think I mentioned this to you before. The this this Wolves journalist tweeted about this 4.0 defender. So alert, alert! We got a new 4.0. Maybe he's gonna be on the on the wavelength of a uh, uh fuck. What's the dude's name from last Lund- last year? Lundstrom, Lundstrom. Um, he could be on the le- wavelength of Lundstrom, playing right wing back for Wolves. Apparently, he's supposed to be starting their first game. And um, I mean, if he's starting in that position at 4.0, he's going to get some returns for sure. And uh, I definitely want a part of that. Um, he's replaced Vinagre in my team. Uh, as Vinagre's spot is like kind of iffy, he might get sold, might get uh, rotated, like whatever. Um, just, just not really, not really a huge fan. It gives you a 0.5 savings, and then, um, yeah, the double Liverpool, and then I have Walker Peters from Southampton, as I said before, and Taylor, uh, Taylor from Burnley. Uh, I don't know if that'll that'll stick, uh, that Taylor spot, but uh, Burnley and good fixtures are always always fine to start, and I'm happy to happy to hold. I mean, most of these defenders I would like to hold as long as possible, especially the cheap ones and Trent. Uh, Robertson maybe will will be able to be moved down, but he's good enough. He's a very safe pick to start with. Uh, we know he's going to get the minutes. And um, yeah, you have any thoughts on your, your defenders?
0: Yeah, so f- first of all, I like the Robertson pick. I think most people are going to be overlooking him just because they have Trent uh, in their teams. Um in terms of my defense I have Trent Walker Peters Lucas Digne Oh yeah we have to talk about that one Lampty and then yeah. Eric Peters from Burnley yeah, yeah, yeah. Lampty's from Brighton Um not many people know about Lampty 4 4.5 uh, defender PC fullback definitely somebody I had my eye on throughout the season so hopefully yeah. he gets more minutes given the departure of Montoya Yeah so something to keep an eye on yeah
1: yeah, the Burnley guy, I don't know if I don't know about that one. Um I'm pretty sure Taylor's is supposed to be the one starting. He has the starting spot. Like uh Peters was good last season because he was kinda of playing like almost in midfield. But um yeah, I would see I would look at either Taylor or Bardsley. I wanna see who Dyesh is like talking about in preseason and maybe we'll get to see like some sort of leak or whatever, um, like from training how it's looking. Um but yeah, I guess I I wouldn't fault any of the Burnley picks there. whoever is, whoever's is like looking pretty nailed to start the season with.
0: Yeah, I really like Lucas Digne as one of my defenders. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. We were we were talking about this earlier, right? Like it's the same as the whole the whole Everton overall. Uh, why we're so high on them, but Digne is like there. He's like their Trent, right? He's like bringing the ball up the pitch and like putting it into good positions for people to feed off. He's like bonus point magnet. Gets assists all the time. He could end up being like a top three, uh, top three defender in terms of point returns in the in the league this year. What do you think?
0: Yeah, he takes their set pieces as well. I feel like.
1: I mean, he might get that stolen off him by James, but uh, yeah, he has in the fat in the past.
0: You're right. Yeah, they're both left footed, so that would make sense. But I feel like late runs into the box by Alan, uh, De DCL, Richarlison, definitely would open up a lot of points for Lucas Digne. I don't know if he got too many minutes with the international squad these past few weeks.
1: That's great. I I love to hear that. I don't want my players fucking tired from playing shitty international break games.
0: Yeah. So another uh, (laughs) premium that I wanted to discuss that we both don't have in our teams is Azpilicueta. I feel that Chelsea are going to get a lot more clean sheets this season. And given that he's the captain, can play center back, right back, or left back what what do you think of him as an FBL asset
1: yeah he's definitely he's definitely an interesting pick i just think that uh like chelsea are like not really geared towards defending and i would have to take a look at that and see how they're actually setting up like if okay like my opinion is that lampard's not going to be really trying to defend at all he's just going to try and score four five three goals three four five goals a game um but if he seems like he's shutting up shop at 2-0 or 3-0 then yeah, then for sure we can keep an eye on that and uh, maybe bring him in in the future. Uh, I don't really love his price, though, because he doesn't really have that assist potential as much as he did in the past. And at 6.0, you can probably get, uh, not probably, but we know you can get Dinier for that much, or uh, Daugherty. So I don't think that that's really an option. But the rest of Chelsea's defense, like if if Reese James ends up nailing himself, or when I think Chilwell is hurt, right? But when Chilwell comes back, if he's like ready to go, that I like that price point a little bit better, just because, uh, yeah, you saved the point five, obviously, over Aspil.
0: Yeah, the thing with the Chelsea defense is we don't really know who's nailed right now. Yeah, uh, exactly. Chilwell's injured. People are saying Aspelueta is gonna play left back. I
1: seen Alonso might start the first game. Like that's what that's what I was reading earlier today. Like that's I I know that seems a little bit crazy, but if. Um, I mean, I don't want to start with Aspil for sure, just based on all the uncertainty.
0: Exactly, yeah. If Alonso starts left back, then Aspil going to start right back. If there's no Reese James. Yeah. We don't know who's going to start center back, when, when Thiago Silva is going to get incorporated into the squad. Yeah, I would
1: stay away from the defense, the attack, on the other hand, though, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, So do you have you looked at, like, Justin, Leicester City at all?
0: Yeah, I looked at Justin for a while. He was in a lot of my drafts. I've been reading on the internet that Leicester have a very thin squad this season, apparently.
1: Do they have Europe? They have Europa, don't they? They do. Okay, so that's that's like not good. Like, I don't want to have these guys flying to fucking Azerbaijan and all those fucked countries um, to start the season playing Premier League games, especially with this compressed schedule, it seems like not the greatest... I don't I don't really love that
0: yeah I think Justin has done a tremendous job since Ricardo got injured post lockdown. I think he's done fine but I don't think he's that creative he's not creative going forward he's, and not, he's great, not right He's nothing compared to Ricardo Pereira. yeah so I feel that Justin although his price point is very good and he's he he's a good option to start the season with. He's definitely not a long term. Yeah, he's not a long term player for me.
1: Yeah, you don't want to hold him, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean Pereira could come back. It says first of October on the Premier League site.
0: Exactly. So that's only 4 weeks with Justin.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't love that. I don't love that. Even if I mean Pereira will take some time to like get back to full match fitness and all that, but even then I don't like the idea of booking a transfer in your game week 1 squad even though we obviously we do have the wild card to start off with. It doesn't seem doesn't seem great to just have uh, to be Maybe stressing about your four or five defender in a couple of weeks, right?
0: Yeah. Um, moving forward, I guess we talked about this in the previous podcast, but Leeds United, uh, a team that have a lot of budget-priced players, but we just don't know who's going to start, who's playing this position, and how Bielsa is going to line up.
1: Yeah, the the defenders. I think. Uh, I think that uh, Dallas and Ailing are the fullbacks or wingbacks. So definitely, I guess depending on who we see is like like i i want to look at like some do you you ever look at like forums for specific teams no i don't like i feel like that's maybe the way to go like like the leads like fucking diehards on on the internet will probably know who their starting fullbacks are I, i guess we could look at the championship data as well but yeah one of those fullbacks whoever's whoever's more nailed uh that's definitely interesting i don't really love starting with them because yeah their first four are Uh, like kind of mixed Uh, Liverpool away is obviously terrible Fulham, Sheffield not bad and then City Wolves so I don't love the fixtures but um if they uh, I guess they don't really have any great fixture runs either I'm just looking down the list but if they're if they're able to attack and get forward like you might maybe just don't care about the fixtures and you can just put them in and see an assist every couple of weeks from your 4.5 defender which I, I do like seeing that
0: yeah so definitely got to monitor in Leeds United and see what happens there. Yep, yep. Um I guess moving on to Brighton, I think. Yeah, you there's only... you mentioned Lampty, right? I mentioned Lampty, however, I did have Dunk in my oh, yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. draft teams. I, team think, I, too, I yeah. think I think he's an FPL gem. I feel like he's Like
1: kind of low key, right? Like he'll score goals and get assists basically every year. He'll
0: score goals. Remember that free kick he scored against Liverpool?
1: I uh, I do not, but I mean at 5.0, uh I don't really love the price though, that's the thing. I guess you can just, like, that's why you have Lampty in your team, right? You save the .5 and get an attacking fullback rather than a center back.
0: Right, but that extra .5 guarantees me that Dunk will start more games than Lampty because I still feel... That's
1: that's that's definitely part of it. Yeah, yeah. I
0: still feel Lampty might get rotated, so definitely not nailed in my team. I think Dunk offers a lot of threat on corners, on corners or set pieces. Yep, fair, fair. So, I mean, definitely somebody to look out for.
1: Yep, for sure, 100% um let's go back to something like a little bit more uh like macro strategy type thing uh do you want to talk about like your wild card planning and like what you're kind of looking at with that Um, because i mean obviously city and united don't play game week one and i've seen a lot of people talking about like just ripping the wild card immediately game week two to bring in like three or four of them Uh, like what do you think
0: yeah so i definitely disagree with um using your wild card after game week one i think that's a very unwise decision but that's what fantasy is about, kind of making decisions and then learning from them. I think that for me personally, I'm going to hold my wild card a little bit longer than I did in the previous season. I think I played it within the first five game weeks. So that's something that I want to work on. Um, Here's the thing with the wild card, because that actually ties into our next topic, which is the United City asset planning. It's like you don't need to play your wild card necessarily if you have... Maybe a KDB on your bench, a Rashford, a Fernandez. But then again, where are you gonna, are you gonna fit in Salah? Are you gonna fit in a This is the big question about this year's fantasy. It's like, who are the premiums we're gonna start with, and if you're gonna start with them, are you gonna hold on to them? Or are you gonna play that early wild card? Because that's the that's the trending topic that we've kind of come to, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we keep coming back to this about like how you're gonna play your wild card. I guess. Um, so in my like my my current draft has Foden on the bench and yeah I I kind of like the idea of just holding one of these cheaper guys whether it's Foden um I guess Marez could could come into this he's not he's not super premium so I guess you can you can just stash him Martial um or or Greenwood those are the those are the four that really stick out to me you can maybe hide one of these cheaper guys and then take a hit potentially in game week two to drop like your Salah or Aubameyang. I guess after game week two, you would want to do this, but drop one of those guys and get in um, one of the premium city assets or uh, Bruno. And then, yeah, you can, yeah, maybe even uh, your second or third Chelsea guy, depending on how they look in that first game.
0: Yeah. What are your plans for KDB? Yeah.
1: I'm not really sure what I'm going to do there. I I have to look, just like kind of dive into it and see what the... What the fixtures are looking like um because I feel like he's uh, sorry not 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 really with KDB but rather it's, it's a decision between KDB and Sterling right in my opinion for that for that premium city slot and uh there's certain fixtures where it's like Sterling does really well in when he has like those really bottom feeders like West Ham um I guess you could put in Fulham into that mix uh, I don't think they have many of those fixtures to start right though yeah, they've got like Wolves, Leicester. Yeah, the fixtures are not great to start, but obviously City will continue ticking on. Uh, maybe KDB is going to be a better pick for that for that first first ten weeks or so, and then you can maybe you can maybe look at Sterling around like game week eleven, game week ten, when they have like Burnley, Fulham, West Brom in in a quick succession. You can maybe try and get in Sterling for that for that little run. Um, I'm not really idea uh, married to the idea of keeping KDB all season. I know that that was good last year but i think one of the big reasons for that is how cheap he was so people like had a lot of value tied up in him uh this year i mean that's not the case at all he's the second most expensive bracket in the game and he like he's kind of i mean it's not inconsistent but it's just like you can't really predict when his hauls are going to come necessarily whereas with sterling it might be a little bit more predictable against the bad teams so yeah just uh that's that's gonna be a toss-up we'll, we'll have to discuss that as the as we cu- get to those those decisions right
0: yeah sterling definitely looks a little bit more attractive than kdb this season kdb did however play 80 minutes today with the uh, national team and did register to assist so he definitely still has it in his locker
1: oh 100 no doubt no doubt
0: um kind of tying both topics together wildcard timing and then the united city asset planning i feel that Yep. For me personally, I'm starting with Salah and Aubameyang. Like I mentioned earlier in, in this podcast, my plan is to kind of downgrade them if I need to. So I have the flexibility, for example, to transfer out Aubameyang and then bring in Sterling. So that's kind of the reasoning why I'm starting with Salah and Aubameyang. I think, I think you're right. I think Sterling is definitely going to be more of an FPL asset than KDB. And But here's the thing. If we're talking about City, but what about United? Because Rashford and Bruno are both in the midfield, and Martial's now a forward. So out of those three, who do you want? And then there's Greenwood as well.
1: Um, uh, so I think Martial's the best pick out of Ra- Rashford and Martial. And honestly, he might just end up being better than Bruno, just on the fact that he's uh, like a million and a half and a half less and playing as the actual central striker. Uh, Bruno obviously benefits greatly from like penalties and set pieces which United are probably going to get like 10 or more of this year. So if you add that to his like probably like 12 to 13 goal tally, like could Bruno break like 20, 25 goals? Like I think that's possible. Um, but I definitely think if Martial stays fit the whole season, he's in that in that 20, 25, honestly, maybe a 30 goal bracket, depending on his fitness. Um, so I'm looking to move from Kane, either Kane or Werner, depending on who's looking good, even maybe DCL could get moved to Martial uh come game week three game week two um my my plan at the moment for these guys is to do a hit basically after so it it depends on whether I start with Salah or not but um if I don't then Aubameyang to like I don't know let's just throw out a name uh Sun and then Calvert-Lewin to Martial. like that seems like like that could be good um that, that that could definitely definitely have some benefits there or even Aubameyang down to like one of the Chelsea mids I have Havertz in my team right now but depending on how Chelsea look the triple up could be on the cards so doing doing a hit after game week two or I I mean it may not even take a hit depending on depending on who I decide to get but like Aubameyang to Bruno is also on the cards that could just get ripped right away as soon as game week two is done yeah I want to I want to just give it a second for the for the city assets because I do already have Foden so I'm I know coverage is not really a thing, but Foden is a good city pick and he should be involved in a lot of their goals. Uh, if he's getting minutes, which I expect him to do so. Um, but yeah, what what do you think? Um, like I guess Salah Salah and or no Salah is the big big differentiator there, right?
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it just depends on who your premiums in the midfield are gonna be because I feel like this is the main topic for this year's fantasy. It's like there's so many premiums in midfield. That you can't have all of them, and that's gonna determine who your forwards are gonna be and who your defenders are gonna be, because De Bruyne and Fernandes and Rashford, son, all cheaper than Salah and Aubameyang. So, once Salah and Aubameyang do not perform and they kind of lose their form, it's like okay, now I can, I can have the flexibility to downgrade my guys and then upgrade maybe the likes of Callum or DCL to Martial, Werner, etc. Right?
1: Yep. Yep. For sure um I have like like I don't know but this this whole topic I guess I I I have Kane in my team right now I was gonna have Ings there as a placeholder uh what do you think about like keeping like some money in the bank uh, after game week one like I was thinking like I could keep Ings and 0.5 in the bank and then just rip Ings to Martial immediately after game week one's done because I know the price rises are gonna gonna go crazy with these guys not having games and being in like basically zero teams but like the price changes work on like how much of a differential they are so if it, if they're going from a zero percent ownership to a five percent ownership, it's kind of a bigger jump than from going from going from five to like eight or nine, let's say. Um, so that that five percent gap, it it'll cause like more price changes, kind of. So basically, as soon as as soon as Marcial, um, or as soon as game week one is done and people start transferring transferring him in, he's gonna price rise within like the first couple of days, I would say. So like, I guess the question is like, what do you think about like keeping? Uh, keeping money in the bank to facilitate like an Ings to Martial move or I guess we can just say like, any any of those type of moves where you're just making an early early transfer getting ahead of the price changes I know this goes against kind of what we said in the previous pod but if you're like that this is the exception right if your player is going to price rise uh, before like very early in the week and you need to make the move uh, that's the time to be making an early move so I guess yeah what do you think about that
0: yeah so I don't mind that I think it's all comes back to your strategy. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, before you build a team, you must have a strategy. You must have some sort of system working in your brain where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. However, I think Aings is someone to keep long-term.
1: Um, yeah, that's the thing, right? You don't want to have to, like, rip him in and out of your team.
0: There's so many options this season. It's unbelievable. You got Werner, Martial, Ings,
1: Kane. I'm so excited, man. There's so much talent in the league. Like how many players, okay, like if we go down the list, like how many players could break 20, 20 goals? Like eight, 10? Is that possible? It's
0: like, yeah, I would say 10. You could maybe, yeah, it's nine, 10, eight, around there. I wouldn't be surprised if more guys would do that.
1: Like, okay, like let's let's just go through the list. We'll, we'll just, just, let's just do this for fun. Um, Like, how many players? Okay, so Salah, Mane, Aubameyang, Sterling, uh, Rashford, and then I guess Havertz could probably break 20. I don't know if he will. Obviously, it's his first season in the league.
0: No, not Havertz, but you you didn't mention Kane, Aubameyang.
1: Yeah, Kane, Aubameyang. Aguero, if Aguero stays fit all season, he's a 25 goal. I mean, he really hasn't had his one, like, really marquee season where he's scoring every couple of game weeks. And his... uh, his profile is one of one of a guy that can can do that right one of the guys that can do that um so like what if what if aguero stays fit for 38 games and gets like 33 games like he's scoring 20 goals plus like pretty easily right
0: yeah but the probability of aguero staying fit like zero. for all those yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz he just zero. has a habit of getting <laughs> a little nick which which happens um somebody else we didn't mention in that list was Martial.
1: yeah Martial, fernandez
0: yeah, so that's that's roughly around 8 to 10 players.
1: Even, yo, Greenwood? Greenwood, if he's if we don't sign Sancho, man, Greenwood is almost guaranteed to be in my team come game week 2. Honestly, maybe before game week 1. I, I just want to wait for, like, the transfer window closes, like, after game week 3 or 4, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is Greenwood going to start game week 1? He's been a bad boy.
1: Yeah, he's, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, I, I guess we'll have to see. Um, But, I mean, yeah, if we don't end up signing Sancho, I'm putting Greenwood in my team immediately. Like, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, so we have to see. I still think that there are around 8 to 10 guys that could potentially break the 20 goals. Very exciting. Very, um, very exciting. Yeah, guys, so definitely keep an
1: eye on that. So, yeah, Johnny, you want to run through your team?
0: Yeah, I kind of have decided to have two starting goalkeepers that I will rotate. I looked at the statistics between southampton and brighton and they more or less had the same amount of goals that they let in i think it was around that 60 range i think brighton had a little bit less than southampton brighton was 54 southampton was 60 so that's generally not bad they both finished uh i think 10th to 15th so decent so i'm gonna kind of keep those guys in
1: yeah they have a good rotation right
0: yeah ryan and mccarthy to start my as my goalkeepers yeah um in terms of defenders like i said uh, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Walker-Peters, Lucas, Dinier, Lamptey, and Peters. I think the only guys that are kind of nailed in my defense right now, to be honest with you, would probably be just T.A. and Walker-Peters. I'm still deciding on Dinier. I think Dinier is a fantastic pick, so might
1: just keep him. Yeah, I, I agree, dude. Dinier is a great pick. Um, I would definitely look at um, the 4.0 defender slot if you're looking for money in your team. So that Boor guy and uh, Mitchell, I think, from... Palace is supposed to start soon,
0: yeah. So let's touch upon that Palace guy because Mitchell is gonna start, but uh, Patrick Van Anholt,
1: yeah, he was fit in training, right?
0: Yeah, he suffered from a dislocated shoulder and uh, he'll be back soon anyway. So if you're gonna get Mitchell, you're only gonna have him for two weeks, so he's not something long term,
1: yeah. He could just be hidden on your bench though, right?
0: Yeah, however, there is a 4.0 called Nathan Ferguson. Oh, yeah, I think his first name is Nathan, but it's called he's called his last name is Ferguson. He's an option, he's a right back. The future of Crystal Palace, however, Joel Ward. Joel Ward will start right back.
1: God, fucking dude, Joel Ward is so bad, man. I can't believe he's getting starts in the Premier. Yeah,
0: he, he's really bad, but he's gonna start right back, and then this guy's gonna recover, and then he'll come back. So I think he's not bad to have long term. I think he's four too. If you wanna kind of have a cheap guy, that I,
1: I guess on wild card, right? Like that would be that would be where you're looking at getting him.
0: Uh, I was contemplating starting with him.
1: He's, it's saying he's saying he's flagged he's flagged injured on the uh, on the site though, so.
0: Yeah, he's flagged injured, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, it could be wild card. We'll see. Yeah,
1: so I would, I yeah, like I said, I would keep an eye on the four point oh from, um, from Wolves. If he's playing right wing back, I I like him. I mean, he's in my team right now, but, uh, yeah, I I definitely like him. I uh, just want to go back to goalkeepers real quick. Have you like considered any thoughts to, like, getting in like Lloris for instance, uh, spending a little bit more money there and just having Lloris all season? Because I mean, the starting fixtures are very like solid. And then, uh, I mean, we know we know he's like a save and bonus point type guy, so just just wondering what you think about that one.
0: I think Loris is definitely an excellent FPL asset.
1: Um, I just he's like nailed for 140 plus points. at like just based on his his history, right? It looks like he was if he plays those minutes.
0: Yeah, I just I can't really justify that extra one million because I know Mourinho is very defensive sometimes when he wants to be.
1: Well, it's an extra point five for you though, right? because you have he's 55 5, though so it would be Oh you mean you mean Yeah yeah so you would yeah you would be getting him in a 4.0 presumably I don't know I don't know think you would want to rotate him with anyone right
0: Right yeah so that's
1: Yeah I would keep keep that in mind before you before you decide on your thing I guess just the idea of a premium just set and forget is not a bad option either
0: Yeah um also so yeah Trent is nailed for me but Digne I like having a, another premium defender because then I can switch between him Aspie and uh, Doherty.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. Doherty's the the one I would be looking at there as well as a rotational option. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of the slot. That's kind of my intentions for that slot. Quickly running through my midfield, I have Deli, uh, Suchek, Salah, Aubameyang, and then Hoiberg. Hoiberg. What the um, hell? Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of weird. I think I just put him in for now because he's a five, and he is, that is what it is. Um, I want to touch upon Ali. I think...
1: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Let's just fix that that the, that slot there because I would probably go from Hoiberg to um, a 4-5 and then go from Suchek to one of the 5-5s. Five, that's what I would probably do. So Basuma is a good pick from Brighton. Um, I've I seen some things that he goes forward a little bit more than you would expect. He scored a goal last year in like basically no minutes, so if he's getting minutes, that's probably a pretty good pick. Uh, Stevens from Brighton as well uh, is decent. Um, I have this Reed guy in my team right now. I'm not really sure what's going on with that if I'll stick with him, but uh, he's he's okay. And then uh Southampton have the small small bone, <laughs> lol. Um he could if he's if he's actually starting. I, I don't know. You don't do you have an extra Southampton slot? Probably not though, right? Cuz you have the goalie, Walker Peters and Ings, presumably. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So maybe not, but yeah, there there are four or five starters. So I would definitely look at dropping one of those down and using that money to boost up the Suchex slot.
0: Yeah. So definitely something to kinda keep an eye on guys. Um definitely none of these guys are really nailed except for maybe Trent, Salah and Aubameyang, so still deciding on that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. These gate these teams are gonna change. I'm I'm sure I'm gonna tinker my life away before the deadline.
0: Yeah. We both tinkered all day, no?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was literally like just just looking at Twitter, looking at Reddit, looking at the Discord I'm in, um just just going crazy, going crazy. Spinning my wheels and just seeing what happens. <laughs> so you were talking about Ali. Sorry, I, I kind of interrupted you.
0: Well, that's okay. No, yeah, Ali, I think, is a great pick this season. I think he's going to... He he wants to prove something after the season he had uh, last time, last year. I feel like he started off very slow under Potch, and then Mourinho came in, and he had glimpses, a couple braces here and there, but not, not to the standards where he usually is so I think he's taken uh his offseason a little bit more seriously he hasn't yeah
1: I, I would hope so he's he hasn't taken a step in like three years right like he was good that like in his breakout year and then kind of just stayed at that same level I don't think he's gotten any better
0: uh I think m- maybe not better I think he's maintained I think his mentality is better though I think he's more mature and I think he'll be he'll be more hungry to help Harry Kane and son with the goals
1: yeah, he they those two are like the hard carries on that team for sure.
0: Right, but I just can't. They're both expensive, right? It's like yeah, exactly. So that's why I have Ali in that slot. I'm gonna finish off with my forwards.
1: Wait, you don't have Salah or Aubameyang? No,
0: I have Salah and Aubameyang. Or I even, already mentioned them. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, you have them both. Yeah, I yeah, already okay, spoke with them. Not. In the, yeah, yeah, spoke good. about them in the beginning, but yeah, to kind of go over my right, forwards, right. those are kind of no brainers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean my reasoning for them is like I want I like Rashford and KDB. Like I think those are the guys I might end up getting in later on, but for now Solana Bombing are there purely because of flexibility like we mentioned in our previous episode.
1: Yeah, you can downgrade to anyone from the most expensive players obviously. I can
0: downgrade to anyone and then if I can downgrade Salana bombing to somebody then I can upgrade some of my forwards.
1: Yeah. You have kinda cheap ones, right?
0: I have cheap ones, which is interesting because I'm definitely keeping like an eye on that. It's not something that I'm taking lightly because don't get me wrong, I like my forwards, all English, all very lethal scorers. Yeah. Um, Ings is the best out of all of them and then I have DCL and Wilson. Wilson is still up in the air because although we know what kind of player he is in the Premier League, he's still playing for a new club.
1: Yeah, I think I think his starts could also be a little bit shaky right to begin the season, right? Because they do have um, I mean, they're shit, but Joelinton and Gale know the system or whatever fucking system Steve Bruce plays, <laughs> but they know the system. They know the club and they're like, they they're, they're fit to start. So I, I would like to like, just at least give it a couple of games to see, but I, I mean, I couldn't really fault you for starting with that either.
0: Yeah. So those are my forwards. I mean, my ideal front three would probably be Kane, Werner and Ings. Arguably, and I would like obviously I would try and rotate maybe Werner with Martial, but like those four guys are definitely like the guys that I would want in my team. However, because of funds and all that stuff, these are the guys that I'm kind of sticking with for now.
1: Yeah, um, for that forward slot, maybe look at Che Adams instead of instead of like you could do something like with Adams and, um, Adams and like I don't know Martial or something like that instead of Ings and. Ings and Wilson like that could be an option for you as well right yeah
0: yeah no definitely something to keep an eye on have
1: you have you given any thought about like what I'm doing with just like holding one of the United or City assets yep uh just taking the blank for the game week one and just like you don't have to waste a transfer on them and they're kind of just slot right into your team
0: yeah no I'm I've definitely thought about that uh I think gonna swerve it no 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 I I like I like the fact that you have a, a United asset
1: Ah, uh, city. I have Foden. Oh
0: yeah, Foden. Okay, yeah. So I like the fact that you have a city asset. Um, I think most people are gonna ignore that, and then they're gonna play their wild card in panic, and then waste one of the most valuable chips in the game.
1: Yeah, I, I think we talked about this in that previous pod, right? Like the wild card is probably, especially the first one, it's like maybe the most powerful chip in the game, just because you can get on. First of all, all the early bandwagons, and then you can kind of have a quote-unquote ideal team to 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 like set you up in going into like the second half of the year well not the second half but the first half of the year um and yeah if you if you're wasting that like pre-planning to spend not wasting but pre-planning to use it up like really early i don't really like that i normally do end up wild carding before like game week five like whatever that first international break normally is um i do end up wildcarding there but i don't like i don't think it's a good idea to plan your team around doing that you want to still have to have the goes back to the same thing right the flexibility to just change it up and maybe if your players are doing really well they still have good fixtures you can hold on to them it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, so let's transition over to to your team now. I mean, guys, so that's my team, you know, get in the comments, let me know what you think and uh I'll be happy to address it next episode. But yeah, let's let's kind of uh transition towards Jay's team and see.
1: Yeah, so my goalkeepers, I have Sam Johnston in, the the guy from West Brom. I don't know what I'm going to do with that slot in terms of I it's going to be a cheap guy and a 4.0 so it's between Johnston uh Matt Ryan and uh McCarthy um I have Sam Johnson in right now I saw that he saved like 13 penalties or something stupid like that in the championship and like if even if he saves like 2 or 3 in the Premier League that's like what like 20 30 points like in in those game weeks and that could be big for them um I think their only chance of saving up staying up is to like play pretty defensively I don't know if they have the the firepower to like score goals um and i i I definitely like that in a 4.5 keeper because it means he'll be getting a lot of save points and potentially clean sheets hopefully um and maybe a couple of bonuses with the penalty saves so i have him in right now it's not that's definitely not nailed i might go to mccarthy which is i think mccarthy is probably my first pick overall for that position um yeah johnston is in right now and button who's just a 4.0 to just in case Johnson gets injured. Again, like, I'll, I'll probably end up switching that out by the end of the, by the time the deadline comes around. I have Trent and Robertson in defense. Uh, those are, like, my two kind of, like, pillars anchoring the defense. As I said before, like, Robertson is kind of a little bit fluid in that I might switch him down to, like, like we said, if Dinier is looking good and Everton are starting off hot, uh, that's pretty easy swap. I think Digne has the potential to, like, keep up with Robertson's output or try and, like come pretty close even Doherty as we said before there's there's a lot of options uh, to downgrade there if I need uh, funds elsewhere but Robertson honestly he could be a season hold I think you've you you agree with this too you had him in one of your previous drafts I think right
0: yeah no both defenders offer a lot going forward
1: yeah going forward clean sheets they they, they have everything they're like basically extra midfielders in my opinion um, and then I have Walker Peters and uh, a Burnley guy. I have Taylor in right now. I don't really know where I'm going to sit with that. Like, I, I mean, you have Peters in. So, yeah, there's there's options there. And I just want to do a little bit more research before I f- pick uh, the one I'm going to stick with. Uh, but definitely one of the Burnley defenders. And then I'm going to pick a 4.0 guy, uh, whether it's Boer or um, one of the Palace guys. Palace have two options there, as we discussed, Ferguson and Mitchell. So between those three, I'll probably end up picking one. If Boer looks likely to start game week one, I mean, I'm definitely down. If he's going to replicate even like one third of what Doherty does at 4.0, that's a fucking good pick, dude. Really good pick. Um, Yeah, any any questions, concerns on their defense? Or end goalie, I guess.
0: Um, I would say, yeah, I would say, I mean, your goalkeepers are kind of up in the air. I mean, Biden and Johnston... Don't really like. I know I've heard of Button, not too much of Johnston. So it's like, are they both gonna get regular minutes? Can you guarantee um, that? No,
1: no. So yeah, Johnston. Johnston's their starting goalkeeper. He's actually a Manchester United youth, uh, from what I remember. Uh, just click into him. Lol, Yeah, he's wearing the shirt in the in the badge, so he's a past United guy. Um, you know, he's he was supposedly like he's pretty good. Those penalty saves are in the locker. Um, and between the two of them one of them will get regular minutes. Like they only have three keepers in the game, and I'm pretty sure these are these are it. So I'm I'm fine with the minutes. It's just obviously, oh yeah, they only have two keepers in the game. Um, I'm fine with the minutes. It's just like I think McCarthy might just be better straight up, getting clean sheets and stuff. So I'll probably probably end up moving that around. Um, what about the defense? Look good to you?
0: Defense. I like the pillars. I like the fact that you kind of have Trent and Robertson as your two main pillars. However, I feel like Walker-Peters is a good pick, but Boer and Taylor, I'm not sure of, you know? It's like, Boer, we don't really know too much. Yeah, he might get a couple starts here and there. Maybe start off the season well, but it's still concerning because...
1: I mean, yeah, he could just not play, and then you're just fucked with Yeah, a dead on But head. however,
0: then again, you still have Robertson and Trent. I mean, you don't need those other three guys to get a lot of points because Liverpool definitely, along with City, I would say, are going to get the least amount of goals.
1: 15 cleans?
0: Yeah, they're going to get a lot more cleans. I mean there's not like Liverpool have not made they've only made that one defensive signing the Greek guy that we mentioned in one of our earlier pods but other than that I think they have the back line it's going to be more consistent Dejan Lovren has left
1: that's that's actually very good for them in defensive defensive wise
0: (laughs) yeah so unless Robertson gets injured I feel like yeah I could just hold them the whole season having both of those guys yeah they're both good
1: um yeah and then you said the Burnley guy I want to do like I think we'll both end up on one of the Burnley guys it might end up probably being the same person so we'll we'll probably discuss that like before we actually lock in our teams uh pre-game week one and just see who's nailed um so I'm moving on to my midfield now uh, my big hitter in there is Aubameyang as I said I don't have Salah in right now I have a couple of drafts where I pick between uh basically between Salah and Salah and no Salah um but Aubameyang is definitely in for now um I think his first two fixtures are kind of insane um yeah, captaincy option. I mean, captaincy nailed for game week one if I go without Salah. And then game week two, 100% nailed regardless. Um, and then Havertz is in my team at the moment. So that's another kind of iffy one, kind of a left field pick. He might not he might not end up starting for game week one. So I, I don't know if I'll stay there. Um, and then I have Foden, who's going to be stashed away on the bench for game week one, obviously. And then come right into the team for game week two and hopefully do some do some business. We'll have to see about this whole like disciplinary thing. If City come down hard on them and I guess United on Greenwood as well, uh, maybe they'll give them like a match off, a, a ban, quote unquote, uh, just a match off, you know, come back fit, ready to go. Hopefully game week three, if that happens, um, I, I won't have him in my team if he's missing two game weeks. It doesn't make sense. Um, but if it's just the one, I'm happy to happy to stash him on my bench. And then I have Saka in right now, as we discussed at length. Um, not really sure about that 5.5 slot, but it, if it's between Saka and Armstrong, as we discussed, like Armstrong's probably the one I'll go with. And then I have like, Harrison Reed, the Fulham guy. Um, there's options there, as we discussed, like um, between him and Bissouma and like some of the other guys, like Romeu, I guess you could pick from Southampton, small bone, if you're into those kind of things. <laughs> um, and then yeah so that's the midfield any questions there
0: um so here's the thing with your midfield you only have one premium right
1: yeah and then Havertz who's like kind of in between
0: he's kind of in between like he falls within Ali, uh Rodriguez son kind of territory right yeah, yeah and yeah. like Rashford and stuff like that but like yeah if you only have a young, it's like yeah that's good it's just it kind of limits you to only one premium right I mean unless you make other transfers because you have We'll move on to your forwards uh, soon, but like right now. It's, I
1: mean, we can just hop right into that if you want. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm just. It's just because I like Kane. Like, I really, really like Kane. I think he's going to have a very successful season. Yeah, just uh, a if, sacrifice. I might rate. even. Yeah, well, I, I I think I had one of my drafts with Kane, Abamang, and Salah. But like those other two slots are going to be. Yeah. Those other two forward slots are going to be sixes then, right? So. Yeah. It's just a question of what you want. You if you have a bombing, that's good. Let's say let's say he does amazing the first two game weeks, but then. 3 to f- 3 to 5, 3 to 6, he's do- doing Well,
1: he's four. he's immediately out of my team. He's out
0: of your team you choose, but you only have one more premium option, right? It's like you- Yeah. Do you think now that that brings me to my question, do you think it's important to have one premium midfielder or two, given given the amount of talented midfielders there are this season?
1: Yeah, so I mean, like we discussed, there is enough captaincy options around around the league. Um and I hope that there will be more that emerge as we go with um like even like like we said, if Kane gets injured, Son will become a captaincy option. All those kind of things are are there. Um, yeah, I I definitely agree that it's like kind of sacrificing flexibility. So I'll, I'll just move on to my forward slot really quickly. Um, so I have Kane, Werner, and DCL Calvert Lewin. Um, Werner and Calvert Lewin really have not moved out of my team since like the first time I drafted it. Um, well, Calvert came in after I found out about the Everton signings, but I digress. Um, yeah, Werner and Calvert are basically nailed to my team to start game week one. Again, like, yeah, Kane is, Kane is kind of iffy. I could drop him down to, like, a, so let me just do this live. Like, I could drop Kane down to, like, Ings, get 2.0 million, and then go from Saka to, like, a 7.5. In that slot, honestly, Hamez is very interesting to me, but I don't want to, don't want to jump the gun there. Or or Foden can go up to an 8.5, which would get me to, like, Ali, which I don't mind that either. Like, Ings and Ali over Foden and Kane, like, that's kind of a toss-up, because obviously Foden doesn't play game week one. Um, and that, that that definitely does give a little bit more flexibility. I do not think that you need to go super premium uh, with two super premiums there, because if you're captaining Aubameyang in the first two game weeks, anyways, it doesn't really doesn't really matter at that point. Um, and then even even if you are getting Salah with Aubameyang, you might be dropping both of them before game week three. And um yeah, like it's it just seems like it, it doesn't make sense to me to start with them given the amount of upgrades I can get in the rest of my team like that basically got me to Trent and Havertz and Kane you know so that's that's a lot of extra extra firepower in there just for just for dropping one guy in Salah
0: that is true it's just Salah Salah I think he has the highest ICT um he got he got 230 points last season I just
1: yeah he's he's he he should have got more actually last season right he got that bad injury in the was it the Leicester game when that guy just fucking tried to murder his ankle yeah
0: something like that but Kind of going back to Liverpool in general, it's like they're a top three team. They're going to finish either first, second or third. I don't think they're going to finish fourth. And if they're going to get there, they need Salah and they need Mane. And
1: yep, I agree.
0: I feel like in fantasy, it's like if you don't have one of those guys and everyone has them.
1: Yeah, you're scared shitless every game week, right?
0: Yeah, at some point you're going to fall behind, right?
1: That's that's the problem, man. That's really the problem. So
0: this brings me to my next question. When you structure a team, and this is kind of what we spoke on last time, but in terms of defenders, midfielders, and forwards, is it safe to say that one should have at least two premium defenders, two premium midfielders, and one premium forward or no?
1: um I would say like probably one premium defender um which would either be Trent or Robertson, and then yeah, so between the midfields and the forwards, I kind of look at it as like one position um where you kind of want like three premiums overall. So in my case, it's Albamiang, Kane, and Werner. Werner is like debatably premium. He's not like in that price bracket, but again, captaincy option, right? So as long as you have, uh, you're comfortable with capping Werner, which I will be in most of these easy fixtures, uh, or Kane in uh, his easier fixtures, as long as you're comfortable with the captaincy there, I see no problem in like dropping it down to like, like like we're seeing in my team, right? Like I have Albamiang as like a standout guy for the first couple weeks. And then we'll shift it around between Kane, and Werner, and then whoever else I get. Maybe one of the City guys or one of the United guys uh, moving forward from there.
0: There you have it, guys. Both of our FPL teams, um, we've gone through a lot of drafts, a lot of tinkering. So it's something to monitor. A lot more tinkering to be done. Yeah, so Jay... Uh... When you, I guess, tinker with your teams and you do a lot of research, are there any other platforms that you listen to or engage with to help your decision making when it comes to FPL?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I try to stay like active, not active, but just at very least like reading on as much as possible. So obviously, um, the Fantasy Football Scout and uh, Fantasy Football uh, Fix, uh, that's like the platform that kind of does like an AI based analysis of your team. I don't know it's that it's that useful, but it kind of, might help you to identify weaknesses in your team more than anything um for stats i like to use understat and football reference fb ref uh, that gives you some good uh insights into xg and like positioning and stuff like that and then um the live i'm just gonna plug these as like if you're just starting fpl you probably want to like get a get a gra- grasp of these different tools um livefpl.net shows you your game week rank as it as it goes through the as people score goals basically it refreshes and crashes <laughs> every single time someone scores a goal because of all the people refreshing the page um there's the a a new pla.net slash fpl um that gives you like a season breakdown that's always good at the end of the season i try and save my like it, it tells you like your transfers game week to game week how much points you gain how much your how much points your captains got um as well there's a there's an extension in Google Chrome called Better FPL and that shows you like this season ticker which gives you like a five game um five game fixture difficulty rather than just showing I think I don't know does does the normal site just show you one I don't know how that I don't know how it looks even probably just one yeah um but yeah that's also a good tool and then there's a couple of podcasts I listen to um Johnny you want to just tell us what you what you what you're into for those
0: yeah so for the podcast i'm i just listened to the official podcast hosted by james richardson yeah and i also listened to the fpl family hosted by sam and lee bonfield
1: okay okay yeah i listened to the fml fpl pod i'm in their slack channel or discord or whatever it's called now um I'm pretty active in there uh shout outs alan and walsh the, the host there um and then fpl wire i don't know if you know this late riser dude who was like india's number one last year this guy's got some next-level strategies with uh with the captaincy rotations and stuff, and his insights are always good. He seems to be like a guy that knows what he's talking about. Same with his other co-hosts on that pod. um And then yeah, the official FPL pod uh that's always good because uh, they have their their hosts seem to be like pretty knowledgeable, and they they get through like quite a bit of content within their within their one-hour window or whatever. And I definitely like hearing that. Um, yeah, so like let's just go on to like plugging our own shit. Um we've got the new website coming up. Um I I whipped it up really quickly today and there's going to be some improvements made to that, but basically yeah, we do have the website. It's going to just be fplandwine.com. Um right now it's something different uh just because like Google is taking some time to get the domain, but it will be up. It'll be fplandwine.com. Uh, we do have socials coming up. Socials are all going to be at FPL and Wine, and then um, yeah, we've got the the league, the the, the public league that we're going to put up for everyone. Uh, so yeah, everyone get in there. The the code will be in the description. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting, Johnny? Next next pod maybe?
0: No, I think I think you covered everything. Um, yeah, just to give you guys a little bit of a preview, me and Jay are still deciding if we want to do a episode
1: yeah final preseason final teams locking them in
0: shouldn't be too long maybe 10 to 20 minutes kind of just showing showing you guys our locked teams our captaincy picks and kind of maybe just touching upon the fixtures for game week one
1: yeah so there's there's the other option where i kind of put up a, a section on the website for our teams so uh depending on depending on what we decide we'll either post them uh to the website or or put up a, a quick little short pod maybe it'll even be five minutes just just literally just running through the names um so we'll have to decide that if you guys have any ideas on that oh the email yeah if you guys want to send us in any feedback comments concerns suggestions whatever um it's just wine at gmail.com uh sorry FPL and Wine podcast right yep yeah so Wine podcast all one word at gmail.com if you guys have any suggestions whatever just send them in there uh you guys got any questions about the league Uh, we were talking about some prizing for that so depending on how many people we get we'll discuss discuss sending out a prize at the end of the year um yeah i think that's about it anything else you gotta want to talk about
0: no guys, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Um, we covered a lot of things.
1: Dude, we ran long as shit. Yeah, we yeah. covered a
0: lot of things today. We uh, touched upon new signings, captaincy picks, uh, a little bit of wildcard timing, the United City asset planning. We touched upon spurs, um, different price brackets, and then we kind of went through our final, not our final, but we went through our current drafted FPL teams.
1: Getting there, man. Getting to the final team. It's actually very scary. This, I, scary and exciting right this last week just locking in overall structure locking in some certain players uh we discussed quite a bit the midfield the point like that the uh, the cheap midfield guys we discussed yeah captaincy at length in this episode um yeah it was good good episode dude
0: yeah so there you have it guys like i said another episode in the books stay tuned for more content i'm your co-host johnny jason here and this is the fpl and wine podcast signing off peace